XY Group invites all AEC industry leaders to the 2024 AEC Small Business and Entrepreneurship Forum, the premier event for small firms in the AEC sector. Experience innovative strategies and insights on May 21st, crafted by Zweig Group's industry experts. Engage in keynotes and interactive sessions focused on recruitment, retention, and business growth. Join Zweig Group for this unique networking opportunity and take your business to new heights. Secure your spot today and be part of the AEC industry's future. Visit ZweigGroup.com for more information. The Zweig Group team looks forward to welcoming you. Welcome to the Zweig Letter Podcast, putting architectural, engineering, planning, and environmental consulting advice and guidance in your ear. Zweig Group's team of experts have spent more than three decades elevating the industry by helping AEP and environmental consulting firms thrive. And these podcasts deliver invaluable management, industry, client, marketing, and HR advice directly to you, free of charge. The Zweig Letter Podcasts, elevating the design industry one episode at a time. Hey folks, and welcome to another episode of the Zweig Letter Podcast. I'm your host, Randy Wilburn, and I'm excited to be here today because I've got Tony Hans, who is the vice president with CMTA out of Louisville, Kentucky. And uh, Tony, uh, CMTA is an MEP firm that I have worked with in the past. While at Zweig Group, they're a very, very successful firm in a lot of different ways that I think we're going to try to unpack on this particular podcast episode. But without further ado, I, Tony, it's, it's it's really an honor to have you on the podcast today. Thank you so much. Randy, thanks. I uh, Man, I've been looking forward to this. So Mark asked me to, to, to really jump on with you and to uh, talk about CMTA. I told him no. He said, you have to do it. You have to get the story out there. And I said, I'm not doing it. He's, and he just convinced me. That's what Mark does. But so when I got your invite, really excited about it, looking forward to it. I am a lifelong listener. I will say that I fell off. And, um, and, and because of the pandemic and things going on, I've refocused on those things and jumped back on and, and I've uh, really enjoyed some of your recent podcasts. So these are great. And to get to be on here is fantastic. So thank you. No, it's, it certainly is my pleasure. And and like I said, I, I've always thought highly of your firm. You guys have won many awards at our hot firm events, as well as at Elevate AEC. So, I mean, you guys are doing it right. And one of the things that I always like to do is to bring on firms that are a standard bearer for how design firms should be run, um, some of the best practices. So we want to get into that today and learn a little bit more about it. But, you know, I'd love for you to just kind of tell the audience who is Tony Hans, just a little bit about yourself before we get into CMTA, because that's going to be um, the, the the highlight of the conversation. Well, I, I will tell you that, um, you know, I've probably got my own unique story, but I think everybody at CMTA has their own unique story. I mean, we are nothing 
without our people. We have the best people in the industry, period, bar none. Um, I'm the most proud of that. But we also, uh, you know, everybody's a product of their experiences. So, yeah, I could share mine and and sort of talk through it. Um, see, where do I start? Well, right? As I always like to tell people, just give us the cliff note version of your superhero <laughs> origin story, because we all have one. And listen, mine could go on for days and days because I like to talk. But and I know how it is. But uh, now just give the audience just a taste. Sure, 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 sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. First the earth cooled, cool, then the dinosaurs came. So I I um I was really lucky. I. Uh, interns. So I did my bachelor's and master's at Louisville Speed Scientific Engineering School. And, and um, I interned um, with, a, with a large Fortune 500 company. And I learned that that's not where I wanted to be. And that I wanted to be with a more entrepreneurial group um, that really understood everything that was going on. And that small business culture and mentality, you know, just struck me. And, and, um, and then I learned CAD uh, in school and I was doing my master's and a friend of mine uh, was a civil engineer and said, hey, I, we really need help. We have a lot of strong growth and uh, you finished all your internships. You want to make some money and work. So I was I was going to school full time and and doing my master's full time and uh, both because nobody needs sleep when they're that age. And um, and I and I worked at a really small civil firm and I learned so much about the consulting industry, you know, through that and, uh, and laid out Walgreens parking lots all over the, the region. So that was fun. Walgreens was in a big boom, but I learned, I was really connected with the owner and I was his right hand and doing whatever extra work he needed. And so I got to learn about the, you know, running a company and running a small business. So a fantastic time from that. As I was finishing up, I worked for a year with another MEP consulting firm, uh, my best friend, who's a chemical engineer and now a professor, uh, he, uh, his brother was in the consulting world and he got me going. So when I graduated, everyone's hiring and I interviewed with Ken Seibert and Jim Benson and Ken is, is leaving as president of CMTA and Jimmy has taken over as president and you won't find two better people in the industry. And, um, and those guys uh, really, you know, they treated me like uh, family from the beginning. When I looked at everything that was going on, all of my offers, some were a lot better, more prestigious projects that they were showcasing. Some were, were higher in, in starting salary and benefits. And, um, but CMTA just felt like culture. They made me meet everyone at the office and see how I fit in with that group because they were so worried about their culture. And, um, you know, I told my wife and I sat down and we went through things and, and I said, you know, this one just feels like family. And, uh, you know, how lucky I got with making the best decision in my life. You know, from there, um, I, I got to work under Jim Benson. I worked with a guy by the name of, uh, of Tim Morris, who was the president of our company. He's the M and CMTA. So, so um, I became a professional engineer early and Tim was a professional engineer and I got to work under him. And uh, so I worked with those two, which was fantastic experience, um, became a partner in, in 03. And um, and Ken, I was really leading a lot of our national projects and Ken pulled me out maybe about 10 years ago and said, hey, I really want you to help lead growth for CMTA and seeing what's differentiating us and what's really put us on the national Spotlight and um, and he's let me 
select the best of the best of our engineers and sort of bring them into my team and help us look at how we differentiate CMTA, how we grow our building sciences expertise and uh, how we really help architects win projects and how we help owners achieve more, you know, without going over budget. So um, I always say I get to have more fun than anyone because I get to choose what projects I want to work on. But uh, yeah, so we've been having a great time. No, that's awesome. Yeah. And all those, I mean, Ken is a great guy. Um, I don't know um, Jim that well. I think we've met once or twice and I know Tim personally, he's a really good guy and we, we both have um, a, a lot of the same uh, baseball interests. So, uh, but, uh, but no, you, you, you guys have really done it right for a long time. And since you kind of mentioned it, why don't we talk about just what separates uh, CMTA from an MEP perspective when it comes to the building sciences and uh, how how it's it's really important and it's really driven home to everybody from the top down about innovation and 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 you know going that extra mile to deliver a top notch product. I'd love for you just to kind of unpack a little bit what what it looks like and how CMT views building sciences. Yeah, it's interesting. Someone asked me, um, well, it was the the head of facilities and construction management at, uh, at Vanderbilt University one time. So I, I challenged his team. We had maybe 30 of them in the room and I challenged them. I said, tell us your biggest problems, your biggest challenges. And, uh, and let's just talk through that and see how we can really help you. And we're helping Vanderbilt in numerous ways. And, and, uh, he said to me, yes, but before we start on that, what's your biggest challenge, right? And I said, well, I've got, uh, I've got three daughters, you know, so that's my biggest challenge. But, but other than that, you know, no, I've got three beautiful daughters that are each unique and fantastic in every way. But, um, you know, going through them, you know, it has been uh, the highlight of my life. But I, I do think that um, everyone in the industry is using the same vernacular. Everybody's saying the same things. And so it's really hard to prove to an owner, to prove to an architect that you're different. And you have to live through that to develop that trust and to show that value. And CMTA has so many owners and so many architects that we just do all their work and we bring value and we're helping them accomplish the best of the best projects across the country. But that cycle, you know, to design a project, have it built, and then it operate, that takes three years typically, sometimes, you know, four to five on the big ones. And so, um, you know, I'm too impatient. So our biggest challenge is, is in getting that. But we have a very unique uh, approach to, you know, looking at the built environment and looking at performance metrics. The industry has really evolved and, you know, for those who are still designing for certificates and certifications and those things, you know, are missing it. The owner is much more educated and they're really looking for performance and the performance metrics of what they were promised. And, um, you know, CMTA has built itself on having those projects that truly perform in the building sciences and to be able to accomplish that without spending more money. So, so that's, that's where we really excelled. It's, it's in bringing those building sciences and, and to the project, providing leadership in how to approach the building sciences and improve them. 
So that is our building science leadership. And we have a bunch of ways that we do that. We have a process that we call the first 30, where we really look at, you know, the, a guy by the name of Dave Higgins in, in one of our offices sort of termed that phrase years and years ago. We used to call it a goals meeting. Now, now you get invited to a first 30, and that means you're really helping a team sit down early on, connect across multiple offices, and, and try to figure out what are the challenges of that, of, of that project and what are its opportunities to excel. And so we really front load the front of a, a project with thought leaders and determine how to do that. Um, we're very data driven. You know, it's a it's a it's an industry where you have to use evidence based design. You've got to learn, learn from your past projects. So we're really data driven on how we make these decisions and grabbing research data and, and building on that. And so strong push towards research, um, a, a huge push on 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 health and wellness. So our our uh, last office building that we did for ourselves, we said, boy, the health and wellness components of this building really align with our vision and mission. You know, if we can do something to improve the health and wellness of our employees, you know, to affect their quality of life, you know, why wouldn't we do that? And I think a lot of our owners are doing that. So um, we have really strong, well-certified projects Um, that takes years and years to do. So, and then, you know, really, you know, setting energy goals and and um, and achieving these innovations, our projects perform better than anyone else's. And uh, I always say I'm six four, so I always tell people you should select engineers a by height, <laughs> and then and then b by how well their projects perform. Right? You know, when when uh, you know the best indicator of ability is past performance. And so when given that challenge in the past, how well did the building perform? So most the architectural the AE industry, you know, if you if someone asks about it, they ask for proposals, you know, they they really um, people send in pictures. Right. And, and to an engineer, that's like asking how fast did you run the 40 yard dash and someone sending in a picture of the stadium. Right. You know? right. So we really like those performance metrics. Um, across energy, carbon, um, daylighting, CO2, air quality. We like tracking those metrics and improving them. And that's sort of the building sciences that drive us. Yeah, I, I, I love what you're saying here. And I mean, just for people that are listening, I want them to understand that CMTA is a national pioneer in the development of zero energy buildings. And I think with having that moniker in and of itself is great, but then you back it up, you've done more than 4 million plus square feet of zero energy projects across the country. And that has kind of obviously informed how you operate. But when creating a building that is so efficient, what are what are the biggest challenges that you face uh, in doing that? And I guess meeting the mark every project, which to me seems like you've got variations, you've got climate variations to deal with in like in Virginia versus Connecticut and other parts of the country. So you have all these different variables. How does all that play into and inform 
your your building projects, especially these these zero energy buildings that are all the rage. And of course, all you know, any educational organization wants to have a zero energy building because of the the cost factor and the cost savings. But then there's also that health and wellness component. And I know I'm asking a long winded question. There are probably a million answers in there, but just just talk a little bit about that because it seems like you have. You've raised the bar so high. It's like, how do you maintain that level and continue to deliver the high quality projects that you're delivering? Yeah, well, I will. I, I used to say that the majority of our zero energy projects didn't have an owner that wanted to go zero energy, but that's really shifting because zero energy is so affordable now. And uh, it's becoming so much more commonplace because people are seeing example projects and they're saying, okay, why can't I do that as well? And so they're writing that into standards. And so, you know, that's one of the first things I advise owners. And, and this is in the advanced energy design guideline. I, I mostly authored chapters two and three uh, for the advanced energy design guideline for new office buildings going zero energy for ASHRAE and uh, USGBC, AIA and all the groups that, together on that but um you know you can you can achieve high performance within budget and that's one of the biggest challenges you asked what's that biggest challenge how are you doing that and so we uh we had a new zero energy project in in the national capitals region so we've got almost 1.5 million square feet of zero energy buildings in that region and um we started on a new one not too long ago and, and a construction manager came in and immediately showed that the project was 30% over budget. And as part of that, the MEP was 30% over budget. And we said, well, why is that? And they said, well, you know, with this project going zero energy, here's all the components. And I said, well, we haven't gone down the procurement path on the renewables yet. So let's strike that from the equation. You know, that's probably one to 2% of the project budget, but let's pull that out and, now let's just talk about the high performance components. And there was such a, a stigma that that the zero energy pieces and the high performance cost so much more because that's what they had seen of zero energy projects in the region. And so we feel, we know that if we can get the team to create a better study, a better conceptual design, to really look at passive designs. We have a full, we have a like zero energy 6.3, right? Like in terms of a process that we go through. But if we can do all these things and create a better mousetrap, because there's more modeling, there's more collaboration, it's a better iterative process. We then together, we, we're creating a better tighter envelope. We're uh, right-sizing the HVAC and lighting systems. We're getting better building operations. Well, what happens is you do more with less. And you're able to achieve that in budget and often under budget. So, you know, so we we ended up taking the last six or eight projects in the region, grabbing pay apps from those projects, showing them to the construction manager. And we built this. We've got a pretty strong database of costing and we just showcased this costing data. And they said, oh, well, OK, we'll use this as a VE process and we'll just cut that 30%, and now everything's in budget on the MEP side. Let's move on forward. So, so a lot of times it's it's you know showing those proven metrics to help you know get there for it. But we we're lucky enough with uh, 
with ASHRAE to be asked to sit on the Advanced Energy Design Guideline committees for both um, K-12 educational buildings and then for uh, office buildings and, um, and really write the cookbook of how to create a zero energy building within budget. Um, and then, you know, we, we, we try to track everything. It's hard to do, but we're actually just surpassing 5 million square feet of zero energy spaces. We have a couple confidential projects that we can't talk about, but we will. Um, and so uh, that number is just always, you know, really, really growing. But yeah, we're real proud of that and, and uh, our growth in that field. It's, it's, uh, it's fun to be sort of leading that uh, nationwide. Yeah. Well, in you know, in case any owners or architects are listening, what are what have you discovered in in the years of experience that you guys have with net zero buildings? What are some of the biggest misconceptions outside of well, it's just going to be so much more expensive than a normal building? What are other big misconceptions that people have before they undertake a project like this that you kind of walk them through, hold their hand and help them overcome? Yeah, well so so let's Let's first get past that you can you can achieve high performance and stay in budget. You know we can maintain um, building operations in a more effective way to not make the building too complicated. See, today's buildings have a level of of uh, sophistication that's that's just hard to get away from. But if we can try to simplify at every turn um, and you know, the energy model can be a scary tool because the more complication you put into it, mm-hmm. the more it shows you that you're, you're saving energy. And the more often it's, it's so hard to, um, to really uh, build the building that way, get it operating that way and to maintain it that way. So we're really trying to simplify those components. So that's first. Second of all, the best person to get your building optimized on a CMTA building is CMTA. And so this narrative that some third party group that doesn't know how the building's designed and doesn't know how it's supposed to run and, and tie to needs to come in and sort of just commission that project is really played out. And I think that that we um, we do a better job. We have much better data on how these buildings really perform and we can really come in and optimize that. And our best clients are really asking us to come in, you know, you you can call it commissioning, but it really it really grows into building high performance building optimization into really seeing okay how does that building work and and where does it go? Too many groups. The federal government's terrible at this. They silo everything, right? And you, we're going to put somebody up front to study, and then we're going to have another group come in and design. Somebody else is going to double check. We're going to have a different group commission and do operations and check construction. So you know, we want to put our arms around and be that advisor, that trusted advisor for our owners, where we're really, and we're doing a lot of this right now, where we're using all the tools of CMTA. Um, You know, we're really not an engineering firm. We really go so far above that. So we're setting sustainability and, and, you know, doing a lot of master planning for, for groups for say the county or for the district or for the owner, or for the university and, um, and setting those goals. Then we're coming in and doing early charrettes, design charrettes, sometimes high performance, sometimes zero energy. We're then, um, you know, really doing um, 
an iterative design process with the architect that goes back and forth. We're challenging them on, on uh, uh, the envelope and building air tightness. They're challenging us on locations and, and, and DOAs and, and ventilation systems. And we're really pushing the lighting and the health and wellness components that ties with the architectural. Then on the backside, we're coming in and optimizing the building, staying with it for 15 months to make sure that it really performs. And then we're something that we've done that's really revolutionized um, CMTA and, and is, is changing the guaranteed energy performance contracting world is we're really helping owners with procurement. We're, we're saying, okay, you know, we can come in in an industry that um, hasn't always been the most transparent and we can be completely transparent and we can guarantee that your building is going to perform and we can back that guarantee um, where if it doesn't perform, then we'll write you a check, right? And so we have owners that are saving millions of dollars a year and if that building doesn't perform, CMTA funds that difference because we know that we can get that building to perform to that. So now we're creating budget where there isn't one. And uh, to many groups, that's music to their ears. They're stuck. They have unmet need and uh, they're, they have energy waste. And so where we can leverage that and pull that over, it's, it's, uh, it's really rewarding to be able to help them. Is that a common practice that a lot of other firms that are in your space offer in terms of, you know, the risk side of, well, if you guys end up with more expenses than we estimated or whatever, that, that will pick up the tab? No, I think, I think really um, participating in the, in the energy service contracting uh, world, in the ESCO world, guaranteed energy performance contracting world, um, is is pretty unique. We've had to restructure our company financially. We've been doing this, I think, now for seven years, and it's just been such a, a huge asset for CMTA um, because we're such a differentiator in that industry to be transparent and to be able to guarantee. Um, our owners are coming back afterwards and saying, not only did they perform, not only are we saving extra money, but this was the best construction project that we've ever been through, right? I mean, the AE industry can really do a pretty good job of leading that construction and managing that schedule and, and keeping everybody going in the same direction. So um, we're really helping owners achieve what they couldn't otherwise um, and bring in value to those projects. Hmm. Well, I mean, and I don't want to get too technical with people, but I, I love what you're saying here. And I think we, we get a picture of the whole net zero piece. I would love for you to kind of talk about, because here's the real importance, right? I mean, it's great that you can do all this work. You still need the people to do that work. How do you kind of shepherd the culture of CMTA and drive them in the direction of the success that you guys have been achieving um, in this whole area of net zero energy and, and how do you, you know, I remember when I came to your office, you had a lot of young guys and I remember we went in, in a table and sat down with them and th it was almost like, it was like each one of them was drinking the same Kool-Aid. <laughs> and I just want to know the a what flavor Kool Aid are you guys serving at CMTA? But I mean seriously, I mean it was first of all just outstanding young men and women that we ran across, 
and just really forthright in their mindset and their thinking and their thought process. Very entrepreneurial company. How do how do you, how are you guys able to steward that within the culture of CMTA? What's what is the secret sauce? Yeah, well, I will say it's it's not accidental. We really focus on culture. So I'll call it a spiveyism. Um, you know, for those that that know the guy Spivey Lipsy, there's all kinds of spiveyisms. And Spivey, you know, always says culture eats everything else for lunch. And um, and I think that is our secret sauce that that we um, we want to we want to hang on to that entrepreneurial spirit. We want to help encourage uh, professional growth, you know, growth of the team. We want to uh, we have a and, and that comes out of the history of CMTA. And so, you know, the the two of the founding or the two founding main owners at CMTA, you know, um, a guy by the name of Chuck Congleton and Tim Morris, you know, they had Ken Seibert and Jim Benson working for them. And they said, Hey, if we don't, if we don't give these guys opportunities to grow and really shepherd them into really being able to do so much more then we may lose them. Mm -hmm. And Tim told me this story 20 years ago. And he said, he said, I was so worried about, you know, if I do this, it's going to, I'm going to put younger people out there and our clients are going to get upset and I'm good. You know, it's going to hurt the business. I'm going to make less money and it's not, CMTA is not going to grow. And what he found out was in the first year of him doing that, CMTA grew, they got better. They picked up better clients, picked up more clients and he made more money. He grew. And so early on that was instilled in Ken Seibert and Jim Benson, and they've created this culture of everybody else doing it. Mark, Mark and, and, and Zwei Group's been helping CMTA for a really, really long time. And I remember years and years ago, Mark saying, man, I walked away from your leadership surveys. All you guys are headed in the same direction. It's like we're talking to the same person each time. Yeah. You know, everybody's drinking the Kool-Aid. And I think when, when that happens in an office, that it spreads out to those employees and everybody that that's working together with you on that team. Um, so I don't think it's accidental. I think we, there's a lot of internal communication and we're really trying to find that growth. So, you know, during the pandemic, we said, okay, do we pull back? Right. Which is what everybody's doing. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I worked with so many clients that have laid off so many, it's really such a hard, you know, position to be in. And, um, you know, you, you don't know how the year is going to finish out. You don't know how 2021 is going to go. You know, we're all in this together. But at the same time, CMTA looked at it and said, we've had the stance that we will always hire the best people given the opportunity. And so we've continued hiring through this pandemic. We grew in 08 and 09 and CMTA has grown in, in, you know, through this and we're continuing our growth. Now we've had a, we've had a good, um, so I did this personally during the pandemic. I sort of stepped back and looked within and said, you know, how do I want to improve and how do I, you know, I've got a little more time now cause I'm not traveling as much. And so I, I picked up some tennis and started playing that. And I, you know, I had shoulder, shoulder surgery years, a couple of years ago. And so I fixed that and started working out and doing things, but we did that with CMTA. We sort of looked internally and said, you know, how can we grow during this time? And we've found, we found this didn't happen by accident, 
but we found a lot of strong leaders in other firms that weren't looking for a job, but were looking to be a part of something else and have come over to CMTA during the pandemic. So up in our Boston office, um, up in Ohio, up in Indianapolis, a lot of our offices have brought in in DC, um, real strong leadership transition uh, and growth and bringing over a, a strong leader there. So we've had a lot of really phenomenal engineers, you know, come over uh, to CMTA during the pandemic. That's been fantastic. We've uh, focused uh, a couple of our offices started working on their Instagram accounts and really looking at how are they showcasing what their interns and new hires are doing. Yeah. And um, and they put a team of younger engineers in charge of of going to these job fairs and helping with new hires. And man, they came back and reported, boy, was that successful. Now that we're showcasing what a CMTA engineer really gets to do, and, you know, we're getting the best of the best that we're trying for, you know, and so we've had great growth in in our young groups too. Um, So it doesn't happen by accident, that's for sure. No, no, it certainly doesn't. And I want to applaud you guys for your approach to it, because I think one of my other takeaways was that, again, you are not, you know, in a lot of firms, and you know this, but you've been around the industry for a while, but a lot of firms... When that when young people come into their their organization, it's kind of just you know be seen, not heard, and and just kind of sit back in the back of the of the class, and we'll get to you eventually. But right now, we're going to handle these big boy issues or big girl issues that we're dealing with, and along the lines, we'll bring you into the fold slowly but surely. You guys are much more intentional about it because the, the takeaway that I had, and this was even just a few years ago when I visited in your office there, it seemed like you guys are are pushing your younger people out in front of clients much earlier. You're giving them the chance to interact with people, to 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 practice their communication skills, as I like was like to say, Stephen Covey, sharpen the saw. So you're giving them opportunities to uh, develop really quickly. And I think from a recruiting standpoint, because that's what I did in this industry for many years, that's a huge selling point that you don't always see. Because when whenever I would recruit young people, they would always tell me, I just don't want to go to a place where you know, yeah, I understand putting in my time, but I'm just kind of relegated to second class status until I achieve a certain age. And then all of a sudden, everybody realizes what my abilities are. And I don't think you guys do that at CMTA. Now, I think that, um, you know, it is hard because because we all fall uh, back to the almighty production that has to get done. And there's a lot that has to be learned in the industry, mm-hmm. but at the same time, you know, really setting up teams where people are working in a team, they're working with the leader, they have great communication with that leader. And then looking for those training opportunities. Um, sometimes, you know, you may call it baptism by fire, but I look back what I did at that age, right? And and we say, you know, these are the things that we have to do. Um, so, you know, during the pandemic, I stopped by the office one day and Ken Seibert has two interns and two young engineers in the front conference room. And, and he was giving them, you know, fake projects and having them start to draw those up so he could see how they designed it. And it went through a few weeks 
of sort of creating these projects and these details and really digging into, you know, the why of what they were doing and, and the how. And I call, I, you know, I poked my head in the room and said, Hey, how's Ken Academy going? Right. <laughs> here's, Academy. Yeah. And here's the, here's, you know, groups that guys and girls that have just come out of college, some, a couple interns that were in then building sciences, uh, architectural engineering at different groups. And, and they're meeting with a guy that has, that has just dozens of years in the industry that was on the ASHRAE 90.1 committee writing code for the country, you know, it, it's just, it's great opportunity. We, we had a, a young engineer uh, in our Ohio office the other day presenting to an owner on embodied carbon research that he had done. Um, you know, a lot of that going on. Um, yeah. We're really trying to, to, to grow that. And I think we're being intentional about our training in a mid level as well. Um, we, we did look within during the pandemic piece, we did our five-year strategic plan uh, for CMTA and, and Zweig Group came in and helped us out with that. I'll go ahead and throw a recommendation for you guys out there. I mean, it was fantastic. So, so Philip Keel and, and Jamie Claire Kaiser uh, helped lead that. We somehow, some way convinced Mark Zweig to come out of retirement, you know, and come join us and spend a couple days with us and really had a great time. But during that, we talked about training and Jim Benson challenged everyone in the room to look at who their successors were and everything that they they were doing for the company. How are they training a couple people under them to be able to do that as they grow and to be real intentional about that component? And so we have a we have a training group that's that's really improving that and and doing that now. So it doesn't happen on accident, that's for sure. Yeah, no, I I, I love that, and I like this, especially like the fact, and it, it wasn't lost on me that you said that you guys grew during the the uh, financial meltdown of 07, 08, and you guys have grown through the pandemic. How many people are you now? So uh, I asked. Uh, Kathy Ryan in our office the other day about that. I said, Hey, what did payroll look? And she said, yeah, we passed 400. Um, yeah. So that we're at 15 offices. We're past 400. We've got some really exciting news to share. Um, you know, heck, this might be how some at CMTA hear about this, but we have, uh, we have made the decision to move West. Um, and so, yeah, we've got, we've got some great leaders that are wanting to, um, to move out to the West Coast. Uh, we've done, actually, Jimmy Claire Kaiser helped me with some a deep dive into market research, uh, looking at different cities and metrics. So Zwag Group's really helped us there. Um, and then we've started looking at firms. We have, a, we have an acquisition, merger and acquisition sort of plan on how we've done this in, in D.C. and Boston and, and, and Charlotte and things like that in the past. But but it's really interesting. We call it the, you know, I call it the CMTA. We take the CMTA approach to that. And that's what we're doing on the West Coast. So we've got a few firms that want to become CMTA. Um, and actually, you know, if you're listening to this and you're a firm on the West Coast and you're thinking, hey, I, that would be good for us. You know, we might be interested in joining up. Um, you know, we're really looking for those firms. So we, we, uh, we do that market research and then you know, we get with you guys and we start looking at, you know, what firms in the region sort of, uh, you know, are strong MEP firms that have a good um, reputation. 
And, uh, and I will tell you that many groups have told us in the past that, well, you need to look at their accounts receivable and you need to pay attention that they have this percent of backlog and their growth percentages are this piece. And, and we take all that information and we throw it out <laughs> and we don't, and we don't do any of that. They, groups have told us you, you have to acquire a firm and you got to fire 15%. You got to cut business development, marketing and accounting. And you, and we, we just ignore all that. We, we're really looking at strong engineers. We're looking at culture and we're looking at hiring great people. So we're looking like we're hiring a partner, a principal at CMTA. What would you look for in that person? And the industry itself, it's kind of sad that it's gotten this way, but you know, let's say that you're going to design a, a, a new uh, science center or student uh, facility or, or, or a great, um, you know, college of architecture for a group, how you've done 20 of those in the past <clears throat> shouldn't be the key driver to how you could do that this time. You, you know, you need to be a great engineer that understands the why of that building and what it's trying to achieve. And then, you know, we can help you. But the truth of the matter is you have to have that strong portfolio and you have to have a proven process and CMTA can bring that to many groups you know, you're a smaller engineering firm in that area with great connections to the market, but and strong, strong leaders. Um, you know, we can cut, help come in and supplement that portfolio, supplement the business development, really help with process, mm -hmm. helping your young engineers connect to be a part of a bigger thing. Um, you know, CMTA is is uh, is doing some of the best stuff in the country, and many groups want to be a part of that, and so. Um, it really helps with recruitment. It helps with HR. It helps you get better employees in the future. And so many groups are looking for that success. Um, so we've been lucky enough to find great partners in the past. And, and so we're looking right now at a couple cities and, and doing the same. Yeah. I mean, and I, I mean, even when I was at Zweig, I mean, I remember you guys were always on the hunt for a new opportunity. There was always an opportunity out there. And I would remember Jamie Clare talking about, I'm just, I'm just, I'm always keeping my eyes peeled for somebody that might be appropriate for CMTA from an acquisition standpoint. So I think, you know, that, that growth through acquisition definitely works. And I mean, you guys in terms of, you know, revenue per employee is really high and you guys are really successful and you're doing some, some pretty interesting things, um, you know, as we kind of wrap this up, because we've talked so much about all the different things that CMTA is doing. What do you what are you hopeful for for the future? Right. Because, I mean, even even though you're experiencing all this super success and and a lot of it you're experiencing during the pandemic and you haven't skipped a beat, as I like to say, what what are you thinking about moving forward? So forward thinking, because I, I think it's every time I bring on a design professional leader, I always like to ask them, you know, to look into the tea leaves and what is your pronouncement for where you think things are going to go from your perspective? Yeah, that's a great, that's a great question. And, and, um, um, you know, we've started when we looked internally, you know, we really looked at setting some of those goals, um, with you guys during our strategic plan. We set, we set, um, you know, uh, we set profit, uh, overhead and profit goals or in terms of growth goals on revenue goals, I should say, we set revenue goals for the next five years, 
Um, we set HR goals that, that help us accomplish those components. We looked at merger and acquisition goals. Um, we call it slow, steady growth. That is continuous growth. If we look at what CMTA has done, it's really been strong, continuous growth. You know, Groot's, you know, Mark told me years and years ago, I think uh, maybe six, seven years ago was the first time we were on the hot firms list. And he said, yeah, it's really, it's really hard to stay on there two years in a row. And, you know, it's almost impossible to stay on there three years in a row. And, and, um, and we've been in that top 25, you know, almost every year here, you know, in the past. And so it, I think that strong continuous growth shows that it's not, it's not accidental. So we have looked at those targets and those metrics and what we've done in the past and said, Hey, how do we, how do we continue that? So we've, we've um, grabbed those components and you guys helped us do this. And we looked at, you know, how are, what are those things that are helping us be successful? So this leadership in building sciences has really helped us. We have a lot in each offices that are helping that. And right now we're formalizing that group. So it's, we're calling it our Building Science, Building Science Leadership Institute. Um, we have a leader in CMTA, but then we're, we're also creating uh, more research that goes into that. And then we have building science engineers in each of our offices that are helping feed into that and do knowledge share out to those offices for those components and, and really help with that. We've, we've looked at our national brand and say, how do we continue to grow that national brand? Um, and how do we get that out there with external communication? And then we've also said, okay, how do we really help on the internal communication? What are we doing with those components internally? We focused on the leadership development. And then my favorite piece is CMTA has been built on data. And so during the pandemic, we had hired a database manager, right? Like what MEP firm does that? But I right. just, we just went, we just went and did it. You know, that's part of the fun of being CMTA, right? So you just, you don't, you know, there's no reason to hit the brake, right? So you just hit the gas. And so we hired a database manager. We really did a deep dive into some, some SQL database op uh, options. We chose a platform. We've gathered up this data that we've been holding on to and creating over years and years. And we've expanded that into these building science metrics. And then we're feeding that into a, a database. So any of our employees here soon will be able to remotely pull up on their phone and say, oh, how is this building performing? What's it doing live right now? Or what's, what's our best performing hospital? Or what's our best, you know, what are the metrics for indoor air quality on some of our new elementary schools? Yeah. You know, how is that really tied to? And so we're trying to, to take all these things and database them and get them remotely accessible so that we can use them to help prove um, other, you know, a lot of our owners, you know, they, they know, okay, what's my building doing right now? How's that working? And, and that's what they've come to expect. Um, so we like being transparent and getting that data out there. And so I, that's, that's been a strong, fun growth for us. Um, and then we're looking into service lines. Um, we're doing a ton of renewable work. Um, owners are struggling at being able to really, truly grab renewables and incorporate them into their project. And CMTA is, has been really strong at being able to do that. We're not risk adverse and we see where we can really help an owner and bring value. So we're looking at P3 strategies. We're looking at 
power purchase agreement components and um, and we were really helping a lot with groups in the energy service side um, and the procurement of renewables and how does CMTA really get that to you um, and, and make it a part of your project. So I, I think that's sort of an underlier into the client experience. Mm-hmm. And so we've been, uh, we're developing that client experience overall and saying, okay, how do we, how do we create accountability? Um, how do we help uh, an owner really say, what are those def- desired results? And at the end of the project, hey, how'd we do? What'd that look like? Was that fun? Was that what you expected? And, and how did we do on those metrics? So I know that's a lot, but yeah, no, I we love like, that. That's, that's, good. yeah, we like having a lot going on. Yeah, no, it is. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. So I, I appreciate you sharing that. And it's, it's interesting just to kind of hear how you guys are leveraging data and some of the different things that you're doing. And I think that's the, that's the thing that I think this pandemic has allowed is time for thinking and reflection. I always tell people, you know, if you read Napoleon Hill's book, Think and Grow Rich, the rich doesn't come before you think, right? It's think and then grow rich. And I think we don't do enough thinking. We only focus on the rich part of it or the the part where we get remunerated for something. And um, it, it's I, there's, there needs to be more thinking and we don't do enough of that. And it sounds like you guys and everybody on your team there at CMTA is really thinking through things and kind of coming up with different ways to offer your service at a much higher level than even some of the competitors. And so, again, I want to really applaud you guys for that. And folks, for those of you that that aren't familiar with CMTA, definitely check them out. If people want to reach you, Tony, what's the uh, what's the best way for them to reach out and uh, and chat with you? Yeah. So Tony at CMTA.com. Couldn't, couldn't be easier than that, right? right? And so um, I think that's an easy way to do it. Um, you know, call my cell phone, 502-396-6236. But, you know, we're, we're always trying to, um, you know, really look at, at how we bring value, how we help our owners. You know, I will tell you that, man, we're in the best industry in the world. We, you know, not only is this a, the largest industry, the vertical building market, yeah. but we we are we get to work with our clients at a time where they're trying to achieve something great, and they've worked so hard to get financing to, to pull it through. They have their goals, and um, you know us taking the the opportunity to really make it a great experience to really. Um, dive down into it and find the creative ways to help them reach their goals that, that other people say they can't because the budget limitations or whatever, yeah. and, uh, and really surpassing that and delivering on it. Um, you know, if you, if you're not having fun in this industry, you're missing a good opportunity. Oh, and how, and you know, it's funny because I'm glad you mentioned that because I work with some other firms and the firm leaders that are having fun at their job, it seems to trickle down to everybody. The, the, the other places where the firm leaders are very stoic and kind of stuffed shirt, it's, it doesn't always trickle down. I mean, you know, being sto really stoic and, and, um, kind of stiff 
is is not a, a trickle down type of thing. So I, I, I certainly encourage you guys to keep that up because that that is a game changer. And if you can maintain that type of momentum from a, a leadership perspective or a thought leadership perspective, that it, it, it works its way down to everybody else in the organization. So you're you're the five people you spend your most time with have the biggest influence on your life and who you are and the quality of person you are. Um, and, uh, you know, more than anybody else. And, and I will tell you the leadership at CMTA, you know, they're, they're some of my best friends, um, unbelievable high quality people. And, and, you know, we have a lot of fun together. We vacation a lot together and, and we work hard, play hard, but I, I do see that through a lot of other people at CMTA too. I mean, I encourage people to, um, you know, develop those relationships with the people that are really tied to and working with. And, um, and so I think that's important. I think it, it drives down to who you are as a person. And, um, so yeah, we're, we're looking for the best of the best. We always are. And, and, um, you know, I will say the, the head of our, our DC, uh, region who's helping run the office in Richmond. It was so funny. He came over to, to CMTA and he called us, about an architect wanting to get him out to look at a project and doing this. And he said, I really want to, you know, pull these two people in and use this opportunity and do this and do that. But man, this project's just going to lose money if I do that. And we said, well, why are you looking at it that way? You know, if you, if you're trying to make a decision on what's best for that project and what's best for your office and what you're doing, and you're running it all, you're running a spreadsheet to calculate that, then that's a bad decision. You know, we're never going to manage off a spreadsheet. You know, we're looking at what's the best for that client. How does it really enhance that project and grow? And, and uh, he said, man, I've never worked for a company that did it that way. And I love it. And, and that client, you know, really told him at the end of the project, wow, you got, you brought all these younger people in and, but you stayed with it and they grew and we grew and the project accomplished so much more. And, you know, it, it, and he developed a a better client out of it. And I think that example maybe speaks a little bit to the culture and success of CMTA. We're nothing without our people. Um, Something Jim Benson, new president always says, you know, we're nothing without our people. And, and um, you know, that's, that's what defines our success. Yeah. I love that. And that, that speaks volumes when you say that we are nothing without our people. So uh, and yeah, people make the world go round and they also make companies super successful. So, well, man, thank you so much, Tony, for taking time out. I'm so glad that I chased you down and, and um, you were agreeable to come on the podcast. This was an amazing episode. You shared a lot of nuggets of information. People know how to reach out to you and you never know. You might get a call from somebody who says, man, I listened to that podcast, the Zweig Letter and um, I've got an MEP firm, would love to talk with you about possibly doing something. So I'll make sure they give us a little shout out if uh, if that works out that way. So you I'll tell them I'm not, I'm not listening to them. I'm not talking to them unless they start listening to Randy. Yeah, they, there you the go. Podcast, there you go. I love the that. Podcast, I love well, I mean, I think that's the, to me, that's the value of podcasting is that is, there's a real exchange of ideas and information and you just never know. I have, I've been involved with podcasting for over, more than a decade now, so I'm kind of an old head at it, but I've actually learned so much. People are always like, how do you know that? I'm like, it's probably a podcast that I listen to. Mm-hmm. I mean, I listen to, I read, I read a lot and I listen to a lot of audible, um, books on, um, you know, digital, but, I, I still, I still 
say that podcasting is uh, one of the best kept secrets out there. So I appreciate everybody that listens. And I more more than that, I appreciate you. So thank you so much again for coming on this Wide Letter podcast. Huge fan. Thanks, Randy. Really enjoyed it. All right. Well, there you have it, folks. Another episode of the Zweigletter podcast, Tony Hans and CMTA. Please check them out, cmta.com, and also reach out to Tony, tony at cmta.com. Let them know that you heard about them here first on the Zweigletter podcast. And with that said, please, I really want to encourage you. The Zweigletter newsletter comes out weekly, every Monday at 12 noon, a PDF copy delivered right conveniently to your email inbox. The Zweigletter has been running continuously since 1992. Mark still writes a weekly article. So many other people, Christy Zweig Niehaus, Jamie Claire Kaiser, Chad Kleinens, Chad Coldiron, Everybody, uh, Will Swearingen, everybody on the Zweig team, all of the the professionals that really move things forward for design firms are uh, sharing their knowledge, sharing their experiences with people like Tony on a regular basis within the confines of the Zweig letter. So I really want to encourage you to subscribe. And the best thing about it is it's free. Just go to thezweigletter.com or you can also visit zweiggroup.com and there's a little link there for you to sign up and get a free subscription. You can subscribe, subscribe your firm to it. You can put everybody on there. It used to cost money. I mean, there was a a time in a day when um, the Zweig letter was a a specific profit center for Zweig Group, but no longer. It is just free. Information is out there and available to you, and there's no reason why you shouldn't take us up on this offer. So I really want to encourage you to do that. Lastly, my last favor, please rate and review this podcast wherever you listen to it, especially if you listen to it on Apple Podcasts. I'd love for you to rate and review the podcast. Give us five stars. Let us know what you think. And if you don't like it, tell us why so that we can continue to improve. We like to take the Kaizen approach to podcasting with continuous iterative improvement on what we do. And I hope that this particular episode is no exception. So that's all I have for you today. I will see you really soon. As always, the Zweigletter podcast comes out every other Thursday. So once you sign up for it and whatever portal you use, you'll get it. You'll see it come out every two weeks and we have amazing people like Tony Hans on. So that's it for today. I'm Randy Wilburn, your host, and I will see you soon. Peace. Thanks for tuning in to the Zweig Letter Podcast. We hope that you can be part of elevating the industry and that you can apply our advice and information to your daily professional life. For a free digital subscription to the Zweig Letter, please visit thezweigletter.com slash subscribe to gain more wisdom and inspiration in addition to information about leadership, finance, HR, and marketing your firm. Subscribe today.